Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's the B-U-D-H-O-L-E. The B-U-D-H-O-L-E. The butthole with a D. Not two T's. The butthole with a D. Not two T's. Not two T's. Hold up, Bernardino. Not much, How you man. doing, player? I am uh, car cast number three here. I'm driving. Books. Yep, yep. I am not in the car, but it's still going to be a card cast. Uh, I'm your boy, Gage's Rage. That's the great Brandino. And uh, we're ready to get into a little bit more fantasy football analysis. Uh, Let's start off with some breaking news. Uh, You probably already heard Deshaun Watson is cut back for 11 games from the league's uh, full season recommendation of a suspension. Gets a little bit of a fine on top of that for five mil. Uh, and tell me the NFL isn't rigged. He comes back to play who? The Houston, the Houston Texans. Texans. I, come on, dude. That is the most rigged shit I ever saw, right? Yeah, it, it feels that way. I mean, we had the same, in a similar situation, Baker getting traded to Carolina. Cleveland and Carolina played week one. I, <laughs> but that's that's a little different than the whole suspension deal. It, yeah, it, it feels a little, a little fishy. Why eleven games? How did you come to that number? I I don't know. The NFL to me is they're so wishy washy on their punishments. None of it really makes sense. And on top of that, to try and convince me that life isn't a simulation, where was the national massage? convention held this year oh, I don't know Ohio? Uh, two bleak, two blocks away from Cleveland Browns Stadium, Ohio uh, you can't make this stuff up, it's a joke it's a you bad he said, they, she said after do you this think they did 11, that on purpose though? do you think that they actually I, decided to host it there? because they're I, like, we are, we're going to show our support for the masseuses that have the accusations against him. So they did that as like a F- You can't scare us? I you mean, can't scare us out of this town? Like protesting, um, you know, pro-life outside of an abortion clinic. You know, something similar to that. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I can dig a little bit into this uh, before next episode and see if maybe they host it semi-regularly, like every five years or every ten years or something. But, like, who wants to fucking go to uh, Ohio in August or the summer months? You should be going to Miami or you California. You could have stopped California. Ohio. <laughs> Just done? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a joke. The Deshaun Watson stuff will be far behind him once he plays an NFL game against his former team and throws the 500 yards and five touchdowns, and all will be forgiven. Because if you're good at football, it doesn't matter what you do outside of the game. Well, that's, that's, that's the precedent the NFL sets, I'll tell you that. 100%. Uh, in other breaking news, the Butthole Dynasty League had a pretty interesting trade. 
Uh, surprise, surprise. It involves uh, the co-host Scott. Uh, oh. Like 95% of trades in that league do. Uh, when we, we talk about this running back inflation, I think this is uh, – I, I just don't even know. So we have Scott trading for Kareem Hunt, Ken Walker, and a third-round pick. To get those two guys and a third, he gives up James Conner and Daryl Williams, Arizona running backs, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, Las Vegas Raiders running backs, and rookie Green Bay Packer wide receiver Christian Watson. And a pick. Uh, no, no pick involved. He gets a third back along with Kareem Hunt and Ken Walker. He gives up two backfields. Uh, James Conner being an RB1 last season, scoring a piss load of touchdowns. Projected uh, as an RB1 again this year. 100%. He's right on that tier break of, you know, that the RB11 to RB18, 16, somewhere in there. Depends on it's who you're talking It's a big to. tier, and uh, he's right in the mix there. And if he were to score as many touchdowns, I think anyone with eyeballs could argue that he's going to be an RB1. Easily. Uh, Josh Jacobs hasn't had the best start to his uh, career. He's going into year four. Five. I, five. I, was he a first-round pick? Wait, no, you're right. Four. They did not pick up his fifth-year option. That's what it was. And, and this is his last year in Las Vegas under contract. Uh, they could be looking at a situation where they're trying to trade him before the trade deadline and get something for him. Maybe it's something where they're going to run the wheels off the tire before they kick it to the curb. Um, that's I, I that's don't the know. feeling I get. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, when you're in a dynasty league and running backs are scarce and you're looking for players, uh, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, are they have value. Um, they're not going to be that upper echelon guy that you're looking for. You know, Josh Jacobs, I think maybe – maybe finished as an RB1 once in his career. I maybe I don't, I don't recall <laughs> if it happened or not. It's kind of always been the thing with him. Like, he's got talent. If they were going to give him the ball, he can catch, but they don't pass it to him. And he's kind of always been that. He's been blah to me. Like, if you have him on your team, you're holding out the hope of optimism. If you don't have him on your team, you're kind of like, I don't really want to trade a lot to get him. You're calling the spade a spade. Yeah. And uh, he's a perennial running back, too. He'll play damn near every game. And when you see the results week to week, you go, wow, I really wish I had someone else in there that could score a flashy 20 points or something. Yeah. But Jacobs is kind of always in that 12 to 18 grinder. You know, always yeah. capped by the upside because he never is a true bell cow. They've always had the pass catcher. Uh or a goal line guy to swipe away some of that massive upside. So uh, Scott probably sees Ken Walker as his future and his, uh, I mean, he told us in the group chat, it was his number one running back prospect he got. Uh, he was also, I think in a couple car casts ago, we talked about his trade to get Jamison Williams along with a few other guys. Which he said was his top, those were his top two prospects in the draft. Uh, from the wide receiver and running back position. So yeah. uh, Scott is looking like he just did everything he wanted to in the 23 draft. 
Uh, when you look forward at the 24 draft, I don't know exactly how those guys fall into prospects with that class. Uh, all the rumors Great. about college football are that they're really deep next year with running backs. Uh, uh, you're, you're off a year, bud. But the, the 23 oh. draft is the year that, oh. that is stacked. We were just yes. doing 22. I'm sorry. So I, I made an error. It's not next year's draft pick. He got a future third for the 24 pick, uh, the 24-year draft. And don't get me wrong, third-round picks hold value in this league. I mean, we've seen it. You got um, Justin Herbert with a third-round pick. I believe yeah. I drafted Patrick Mahomes with a third. Yep, yep. Uh, so I got Mahomes very wrong with a third. And, um, I mean, in our off year where we did um, uh, the gosh, draft the auction, instead of – Yeah, the auction draft versus yep. having our picks played out because we didn't play the COVID year. Um I ended up getting what was essentially Darnell Mooney for a third round pick and um, a couple of other guys that I thought, I thought Kenneth Gainwell for a third. So there are players out there that you can get, but if you're looking to hit a home run, you, you really are looking at the first round and into the probably mid of the second round at the end of the second round, you're, you're taking, you're throwing a, a dart at a board at a player that you like, but don't love. And props to Scott. He had his guys that he loves, and he went out and got them. You know, I'd, I'd be interested to see his team value. He likes to run through a few different calculators and uh, tell us who's got the highest value in the league and who's kind of at the bottom, according to a few different analyses. Yep. I'd be interested to see how much his just his team has changed because he's made about three or four uh, deals – that have involved many players. If you had a snapshot of his team before the before the draft, and now uh, two weeks before the season kicks off, man, is it different? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it, my assumption is that it's gone down. And the reason it's gone down is for one, he's given up more players than he's received. Uh, for one, especially in this trade, he yep. gave up what five players and got back two. One hundred percent. Granted, Kenyon Drake, uh, Daryl Williams, even Christian Watson, their value in a dynasty league. Um, Watson's probably got more, but right now it's probably low because you don't know what it is. Whereas exactly. Josh Jacobs and James Conner, they're going to hold, I would say, mid-tier value. They're not at the top. They're not at the bottom. They're probably a little bit higher than average uh, just because of their position. But getting back Ken Walker, again, a rookie where he's right now in a timeshare. Um, you don't know what he is. He hasn't proven it. He was the number two consensus running back as far as fantasy football. But Brees Hall was, I, I believe, um, by most people, ahead of him. And I would agree. That's where I don't, I don't know where Walker is going to be sitting. But I would imagine his value has dropped quite a bit. But he got more on the youthful side with a hopeful optimism for the future. And Scott did try to brush this off like it was nothing. Ken Walker did just have a surgery for a hernia. Um, I, maybe it is just very minimally invasive, and it's not as big of a deal as I think it is. But we're two weeks into the season, and your uh, one of your stud running backs that you just gave up two starters for uh, is under the knife. 
that never is a good situation. It's, um, it's definitely not where you want to be. I mean, you look at his no. backs now. He's got J.K. Dobbins, who play week one, Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders, and really Kenneth Walker. So I mean, Those got, are his starters. You, you look at them, and, and you're comfortable with that group, but Kareem Hunt is the backup running back, and J.K. Dobbins is coming off an injury. So it, it's not an ideal situation for a guy who – was just talked about a couple days ago by Pete Carroll before the hernia news as possibly being a guy that he's comfortable with giving the ball on every down. Now, you still have Rashad Penny there, so it's going to be a split backfield. You could be looking at like a Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams situation where beginning of the year, it's probably going to be more Penny, and then Walker's going to work his way into it. All depends on Penny's injury too, but it, <clears throat> it's it's a move for the future. You're not thinking of the first three weeks of the season um you're looking over the next three to five years but yep. it's still something that starting out it, it could be a, a slow start for mr wizard man and there's a lot of teams here that are in win now mode uh you know a three to five year window is definitely always in consideration in a dynasty league but you also have to worry about the now and uh it could definitely end in one season or two seasons, or it could end before you hit this window of opportunity. And that's, that's one of the major uh, draws to a dynasty league in my eyes, the empire specifically. Um, You're always flirting with that, keeping your team young, but also staying competitive. And uh, it's just, if you love fantasy football, I couldn't recommend it enough. Dynasty leagues are the way to go. It's a lot of fun. And, yeah, it's a whole different facet of, like, I'm just drafting for now. Right now, tra- a trade for Kenneth Walker would not have been a good idea in a yearly league, in a redraft. Because, for one, he's a later pick in the draft. And, for two, he's he. we don't know what he's going to be. We don't know what the injury is. We don't, I mean, we know it's a hernia. That's what we're told. But if it takes a little bit for him to get back into it, and he's splitting carries, that wouldn't be a good move. Dynasty? it brings a whole different value. I'd agree to that. And uh, it's just going to be interesting. Time will tell. Like you said, he's going to miss maybe some time. Maybe he misses no time. Uh, It's just, it's so hard to say. And I just found that trade today to be very interesting. And like I said, he's going in on his guys. So props to Scott. Uh, Buyer beware out there who's listening to us right now, because come next time that we do a car cast very well that there could be another move made because three of us are going to a game tomorrow where um we might be talking there's gonna be some food involved there's gonna be some free beers involved and uh what's the best type of beer brandon free beer and yes second is cold absolutely there it is and i think uh the minnesota vikings are gonna have a handful of them while we watch a couple of our players Go off, uh, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, we Mitchell's got... not going to be playing, man. Oh, and he, how about Debo Samuel? I I doubt it, but Mitchell's probably he's not suiting up till week one. So oh, is he on the he's on the injured list or what? He's he's got some hamstring thing that they're looking at right now, the and so hamstring. Yep. So he's oh uh, no. They said they're holding him out until the beginning of the year. No sense in no putting him out there. Wow. And... <laughs> 
no wonder you're talking about running backs and trades, man. You're talking well, to the running back depth chart himself. I think I got six starters on my team, and uh, your second back has got a camp string injury. Uh, certainly, certainly appears that way. Uh, I'm looking at it for more than the reason of him having a camp string. I'm looking at it because when I'm looking at my team, my weakest position is running back because I have Najee Harris. And my second back is Elijah Mitchell. Now, it it sounds good on paper. It sounds okay on paper. Harris does. Mitchell sounds okay. There's promise. Played well last year. But outside of that, I got a lot of guys that hey, um, I need an upgrade over. Don't sleep on Jashawn Corbin, okay? <laughs> I I'm not I I honestly I was looking at him for a couple of weeks because I was like, well. I'm looking at the people on the free agency wire because for the people who are listening, our league right now had rosters open to 23. Then we cut it down to 18 and three taxi. So there's not a lot of players available on the waiver wire that you're looking at like, oh, well, why is this guy available? It's like, okay, this guy is available. There's opportunity in the future. He could be something, but you really don't know anything about him. I mean, they're, a lot of these guys at the end are bubble candidates that could be cut by the team very easily. But Jayshon Corbin, to me, backing up Saquon Barkley, um, and Matt Breida is there, but Breida has never been a long-term guy. We don't really know. I don't know if Barkley got a deal to stay <laughs> there, and he's always hurt. Corbin caught, what, five passes in the preseason, and he's got something going for him. So he's a dynasty guy. He's not a yearly guy. Gotcha. I was just um, giving you a hard time. It's well, yeah. It's you look at my running backs and <laughs> Jay Sean Corbin and Keon Terry Ingram. Um, I, I got a lot of number twos on my team. Uh, well, probably threes, but we'll we'll see what happens. What Saturday could they could be a different team for uh, Mister Bowen Her coming out of that game. <laughs> but you you prep the the fans for what's coming next. I'm gonna yes. run in and get my food quick, and then I'll be right yeah. back. Absolutely. So the car quest has taken a little adventure into the local uh, Chipotle. And while that's going on, I'm going to tell you guys about some wide receivers. Uh, Now, I don't think we specified necessarily what our rankings are. We're trying to address the rankings as they come out this year. Uh, Obviously, we're all really invested into Dynasty. And it's tough to skew away from that. But we are looking specifically at this season, and I think we're going to do the same deal as we did with the running backs. Drop a little tier breaks on you guys. Uh, the tier being guys that are really close in fantasy points at the end of the season, and then you'll have a little bit more of a separation before another group of guys. And uh, we'll just see how many guys that will be. Maybe it's 10, maybe it's 15, maybe it's 25. I have no idea, but uh, we're just going to wrap it up and, and go for it. Uh, I'm going to rip off a couple guys that I think are in the first tier. It's They're, they're kind of no-brainers to me. Brandon, if you can hear me, if you want to give a little yay or nay about any of them, just give it out when you hear it. For me, the tier one is going to go in no particular order. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Cooper Cup. And that's where that tier is going to stop. These guys chasing his rookie year did some amazing things. 
if you looked at a per game basis, he definitely had a, a little bit of a problem where he'd disappear a couple weeks out of the year, maybe three or four weeks where he had some stinker of a games. But he absolutely makes up for it by having phenomenal uh, two touchdown, over 100 yard, and a bunch of catch games. That upside is what gets him into this tier for me. If he's playing on Thursday night and he rips a 45-point game, a 35-point game, you can bet your ass the opponent looking at him on the other score is shaking in their boots and they're thinking, how the hell am I going to win this now? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you want in a Tier 1 guy. And Chase absolutely can be that any given week. Uh, the slight downside is he will disappear a touch. Uh, let's talk about Cooper Cup next. Did you already talk about our boy? No, I'm saving the best for last. I was letting you do your deal. I knew you wanted to get a, a chime in on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cooper Cup. Uh, I just grouped these guys. I haven't given them a number yet. Cooper Cup, he set records. He's a freaking beast. The only hindering thing to me is Matthew Stafford with this Tommy John or whatever the heck his elbow injury is. It's concerning. Uh, if you're trying to take this guy in the top five picks, I understand Cooper Cup's amazing. He had 440 fantasy points in a PPR league last year. Is that good? But uh, it's, it's kind of good. It's kind of good. <laughs> but Did his uh, fantasy owner make the playoffs in our league? <laughs> Yo, yo, he he just got Josh Jacobs and James okay. Conner. Chill, he's gonna make it this year. Okay. Uh Cooper Cup's freaking amazing. He's definitely exploded on the scene, and he deserves a spot at the top of this list. Lastly, Justin Jefferson, averaging fifteen hundred yards a season throughout his career so far. Yeah, that's pretty good. The dude just got. Big cock in town, Kevin O'Connell, who is bringing a new offense that uh, is going to use their weapons the way they're supposed to be used. And I think Justin Jefferson is going to be a major recipient of that change. To me, it goes J.J. Chase Cup. What are your thoughts on that? One, two, three. I I think you flip two and three, and that's where I'm at. I know you kind of touched on Chase already, so I won't say much on him. My concern is he's going into his second year, right? Second-year receivers sometimes have a slump. Now, Justin Jefferson didn't have that. He had more of a breakout in his second year, even more so than his yep. rookie year. But oh, yeah. The the thing is, um, you know, right now, Joe Burrow is not – He's. I think a lot of people are kind of putting him at, you know, maybe QB9, which means he's going to have a decent year. Um, I think they're going to want to use Joe Mixon as well. And T. Higgins is not, and Tyler Boyd, but Higgins specifically is not something to balk at as far as a guy standing on the other side of him because Higgins, a lot of people think that Chase and Higgins could be that duo this year that are both wide receiver ones. If that's the case, Burrow's having a really good year. Those two are both having a good year. But if they're both wide receiver ones, then I doubt Chase is the wide receiver one just based on the opportunity going to Higgins and not to him. So that's where I have Chase at three. Cup, 
I, I don't see there terribly too much of a difference between Cup and uh, Chase just because Stafford is a little concerning, uh, possibly playing through injury throughout the year um, on top of Cock leaving. You, you can't take that for granted that he was there and he was a part of that team and that system, and losing him might hit, damper things a little bit, especially at the beginning of the year. The Rams also coming off of the Super Bowl win. Maybe there's a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover uh, people like to talk about and uh, the success having uh, been that successful fruit they've already tasted, not pushing them to uh, win and dominate the way they did last season the same way this year. For me, another big plus uh, is the offensive line for the Bengals. They went out. They drafted guys. They got some free agents in there. There's a massive improvement to that offensive line, protecting Joe Burrow and giving him time to hit Chase deep. I do, I think Chase continues to dominate. Uh, the LSU products keep doing what they do. And uh, maybe a little deeper run in the playoffs this year for them Bengals. How much deeper uh, can you go? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can go a little bit deeper. You can go a little bit deeper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a little uh, bit. The Bengals are awesome. That's that's a good tier. Would you slide in anyone else into that tier, Brandon? I don't think so. I think okay. I mean, I, there are other guys on there. Um, and that's I think, I think Debo maybe has the potential Debo, yeah. to be the wide receiver one. I mean, outside of Cup's historic year. Debo had an amazing year last year. I mean, it oh. was very, very good. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. But here's my only repeat. knock on Debo: is that uh, you know he's definitely shown in his career he can do that. It's just staying on the field for 17 weeks in the season. He finally yeah. did it, on and he field. dominated. He finally did it and dominated. He did play a couple games where he was banged up and still, uh, you know, he edged it out. Yeah. But uh, the results showed, like you said, what he finished the season as wide receiver two, three. I thought it was two. I want to say. Could be wrong. He was definitely up there. He had about 380, 375 points in a PPR league. He got the rushing carries, a couple rushing touchdowns, a few hundred rushing yards. He's sick. It's not saying he's not a good receiver, but I think he falls into this next tier with C.D. Lamb. Uh, Stephon Diggs. St- Steph, you have, yeah, 100%. Steph has got to be in there. Uh, I think you'd still maybe consider Devontae Adams. I would. I'd put him in tier two. You'd put him in sure. there? Okay. Yep. Let's throw another name out there. Tyreek Hill, I think, is in this last season. Does he stay in this tier this season? Uh, it. This is 100% hard. dependent on Tua. Uh, I, I don't know if I believe in Tua that not, kind of way. Not about. 100% on Tua. Part of it's Jalen Waddle. Waddle had oh. the most receptions by a rookie in NFL history, and he also had a piss load of targets last year. Now, they didn't have Hill, right? Yeah, but no one. Waddle is going to get some targets. He's got a year with Tua, so they're already comfortable together. Hill has that breakout potential, right? Um, oh, always. I think the fantasy footballers, they've talked about it. I was listening to them the other day, and one of them had mentioned that 
boom-bust games, like players like Tyreek Hill, are the types of players that will win you championships because you, they have better – they have a uh, – what's the way he put it? I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but those low games are less than the good games or great games combined. So Hill is that guy where he doesn't need – 15 targets a game to be good. If he got he 10 four. targets and he, <laughs> but he could do it on four, but if he got yeah. 10 targets and he caught six of those passes, odds are he's got a hundred yards. Probably and a, a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. And yeah. Right no. there, six for a hundred and a touchdown. You're at 22 points. Like you're happy with that. If you're getting that every week from Hill, you're happy with that. So no. I, I would say you keep him in there, but I'm, he's, he's right on the bottom of tier two for me. Uh, I, I, I'd say that. Uh, okay, so do we sneak uh, Mike Evans up into tier two? Uh, they, and, and here's the we have to preface this. These guys are all fucking great. These guys are amazing players. They're great for their teams. They're, they're great. We're not saying they're bad. We're just saying maybe they won't be as great as the rest of these guys yeah and when i look at tier one those guys i think all have the chance to be wide receiver one going beyond these other guys do but like when you're drafting those guys you're like i just drafted the best wide receiver in the game hands down yeah when you're in tier tier one guys you're happy with tier two they're gonna produce but Diggs being wide receiver one i have a hard time seeing it I have him easily being – I can see him being a top five. But yes. the number one, that's a hard thing for me to imagine. That's why Mike Evans, I don't think Mike Evans is going to be the wide receiver one. I don't think he really has that in him. He'll probably get you 1,000 yards and 8, 9, 10 touchdowns and, you know, maybe 80, <laughs> 90 grabs, right? I don't, I'd almost the, guarantee it. <laughs> it happened every year of his career, but – that's not necessarily good enough to be wide receiver one, especially not this day and age. So, and let's not forget he is going into his ninth season. Uh, I have no problem leaving Mike Evans out of tier two. Still a great player. I personally think a slip might be coming. Tom Brady's been out of the organization for almost a week now. Uh, With no timetable to return. Yo, do you know what, you want to know a sneaky little bet I, I got on this one? What's that? I'm seeing Tom Brady is filming a TV show. He signs a mega contract with Fox. Right? Yep. He's got no reason to go to fucking training camp for the 26th time or whatever the fuck it is. So why not slide your little ass and go film a TV show and, and get a, a little better chunk of that TV money from Fox, I'm going to say he's on the Masked Singer. <laughs> okay. He can just go film for a week and a half. No one has to hear about it. And he, he misses out on training camp, which he doesn't really need. He can show back up and be the superhero. And then once it airs, it'll just be like fucking brain shattering how he's winning a Super Bowl and then he's singing on TV the next night. I mean, I could. It's a possibility. Long <laughs> shot of long shots. I don't know what other Fox show he could be on, but I, I just thought it just popped in my head. I don't know. 
All right, so <laughs> let's go. We got CD, Debo, Devontae Adams, Steph Diggs, Tyreek Hill. Tier two. I, We're getting down to five guys. That's Mike Evans, I, I say, probably a tier three guy for me then. I I totally agree. Uh, we got like AJ Brown maybe slips. No, no, no. I'm not even going to say any other names. These guys are tier two, th- four through eight. Uh, who do you put it for? You got Debo, CD, Steph? Mm, I, I think I'm probably going to sit. That's tough. That is tough. Uh, Diggs has been showing up every year. I think it's between Diggs and Debo. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to say Debo because he's got the rushing upside. They're still using him as a back in um, training camp. So he could easily get, you know, 15-plus opportunities a game with that rushing yep. upside. So oh, yeah. to me, I think that's going to be more than what Diggs gets. Um, I also see that offense being very good, but James Cook has added to that team. They still have Singletary and Zach Moss, who have been meh. But they'll still, they're still going to get a few opportunities. Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis, they have, they just signed OJ Howard this offseason. So they have, mm-hmm. they have other guys on that team that I think are going to, might take away a little bit from Diggs. And he's another year older. I mean, he's what, 28 now, turning 29. So probably throw Debo at four and Diggs at five for me. How do you feel about Trey Lance's quarterback for Debo Samuel? Um, eating a chip. Uh, it was, it's a little concerning. Um, I think Lance has the potential to be a very, very good quarterback in this league with the rushing upside. Um, he's got, he's obviously got a rocket arm, but I've heard mixed reports out of camp of like, he's doing really good. He's struggling with accuracy. Like there's, yes, <laughs> there's multiple things coming out around there. Um, mm-hmm. but we found other quarterbacks that have struggled that are able to get their best player the ball. And he's one of their best players on the team. So I don't, I think it's going to be maybe a little challenging at times. You know, there might be a a deep pass missed that could have ended up as a 40 or 50 yard touchdown. Um, But I think they're going to find ways to still get him the ball. So I'm not as concerned, but I'd feel better if Lance was entering year two and had a, decent year last year instead of just kind of coming in a little raw. Okay. Uh, finish running it out. You got Debo into Steph. Uh, uh, give Hill. me CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb okay. after that. Uh, Devontae Adams. So Adams would be seven for me. And then Tyreek Hill is eight. I, I don't totally disagree with you. For me, I feel like CD going into year three. Uh, getting Amari Cooper out of his way, I think he's got all the reasons to do it. Um, he's super young still, 23 years old. You know, the same age as J.J., maybe had a little bit of that sophomore slump. I'm going to put C.D. at four, Debo at five, Steph at six, Tyreek Hill at seven, and Mike Evans, uh, sorry, Devontae Adams at eight. Um, I agree with that tier break. I think okay. that's a good spot so you're for those a little guys. lower on Adams. Touch lower. You know, what's I, funny the, is the chemistry is going to be something with Derek Carr. I'm just not sold on. Oh yeah, just take him over here and go. Uh, 
it's going to be interesting for sure. I, he bought the house right next to Carr. Did he? Uh, I, I don't know, but they're, they're getting coffee together, maybe. They're, the, they're the, the Breakfast Cup. Club 2.0, man. Yeah. The the uh, the start of the dance is what they're calling this season, right? Because <laughs> we had the last dance with Aaron, and now it's time to move on to Dave and Derek. Yes. Next chapter, baseball season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But the thing is, and like you alluded to earlier with our tier breaking, the difference between eight and five might not be that big of a difference. 15 points, 20 points. So that's what I think. You get up with, you get Devontae Adams and you're like, well, he might be wide receiver eight at the end of the year, but it might not be that much different than where CeeDee Lamb ends. 100%. They're that close. You're not upset about where you're getting Devontae Adams and unless you're taking him in the first, which uh, would be blasphemy, but there might be <laughs> a Raiders fan that does it, you know? There might be. Yes, yeah, Star Lamar in the house, man. Where's he at? Uh, hey, the tear breaks are really big. <laughs> the tear breaks are really big for a uh, situation where, like, you're looking at, uh, you know, running back X and wide receiver Z. Wide receiver Z is in tier two, while wide running back X is in tier three. That could be a, a tiebreaker for someone, you know, to say, all right, they're both equally good. This guy's a tier ahead, so I'm going to go here. Uh, or maybe you're at the end of a tier of a position, while the other one is in the middle or the beginning of a tier. So you can realize that, hey, if I take the opportunity at the bottom of this tier, I'm taking advantage of a breakage where I still have opportunity later on to get in this tier with a different position group. That's kind of the way I see tiers. Uh, Brandon might have been lost. I don't really hear him. So we got tier one and two. It gets us to eight. Uh, After eight, this next tier, I think, is massive. Um, Oh, he might be back. Oh, there he is. Um, well, I was, I was kind of going off of your tier thing until I realized you oh. can hear me. Um, you also got to look at your draft and where you're at. So, you know, kind of yeah. look at, you know, um, break down your rounds and look, okay, well, these players are going in this round. And although you might like Devonte Adams, you might need to look at your team. Like, well, I might need to take this running back because where I'm getting Devonte Adams at, and where I'm going to be taking a running back next. Like, let's say you take Adams in the end of the second, and now you're looking at the third round, or maybe middle second, and now you're looking middle third. Well, is there a running back that can help fill out your team that you really After like in the middle of the picks. third round? Yeah. yeah. Like, who's going to be around at that time, and is Adams worth taking there? You know, somebody's going to take him, and if he keeps dropping, somebody's going to get a steal, right? But you got to look at the outcome of your draft when you're – when you're figuring out what your team is going to be. I could not agree more. Uh, so we're at number nine in the rankings of wide receivers. Uh, we have guys like Mike Evans still out there. Um, another yeah. guy that's like Mr. Consistent, Keenan Allen, I think could be considered here. Uh at a nine, couple of I... these, no, not nine, not nine, but I'm saying this next tier. Uh, I think we also have this 
group of uh, the number two guys, Jalen Waddle and T. Higgins, on pretty electric offenses that could be considered in this tier. Michael Pittman. Pittman is also an up. I mean, he's looked at taking a step up with the upgrade to Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. Fuck, that just sounds so weird. It sounds wrong, <laughs> but Ryan has been consistent throughout his career as far as how he's played, and he plays good with a good offensive line. <laughs> so the Colts have one. They have a run game. Pittman's looked really good in camp. Like, I, I do really like Pittman this year. I just – you feel kind of gross taking him because it's taking that guy that could be wide receiver seven, but – He could also be wide receiver like 17 to 27. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like his upside. Um, I, I think he's got a really good chance of producing. So, I would definitely put him in this tier because I think this tier is guys you like – but you're not in love with. Like, you're happy you get them. But, I mean, you think about this next tier. Some of these guys. We're kind of losing. Wide yeah, receiver. you're probably going through BFE. They're your wide receiver one. I'm always in BFE. <laughs> Can you hear me? I got you now. <laughs> okay. So, these guys in this third tier – most of them will be wide receiver twos. So yes, you're you like them, you don't love them, um, and if they're your wide receiver one for your team, you're probably feeling a little like, I wish I would have gone after so and so. But you're happy to get them there, and I think Pittman, if he's your wide receiver two on your team, you're you're pretty freaking happy. Okay, so going all the way to wide receiver 24, wide receiver twos, do you think we have uh, one massive tier group here for tier three? Do we have a couple separate tiers in this, uh, you know, these 15 guys from 9 to 24? Do we have three or four tiers? Like, uh, I'll just go off a list here. I think we're kind of – Catching and losing you. Um, Mike Evans, or sorry, yeah, Mike Evans was at the top of that. Keenan Allen, uh, Jalen Waddle, and T. Higgins, I think, are considered here. We got Cortland Sutton with the upgrade to Russ cooking over there in Denver. Um, might be considered yep. here. I think some guys that are falling that with their quarterback situation, DK Metcalf. I don't know if he's in here. I'm kind of down on DK this year. Uh, Amari Cooper also That's where I have Watson for 11 years. So, okay, you're, you're, you're saying two. Um, I, I'm at a two-tier up to wide receiver 24. All right, A.J. Brown going over to Philadelphia Brown with Jalen Hurts. He's in tier three for me. Tier three? Okay, DJ Moore. Yep. He's on the bottom end of tier three. Still in three. How about Deontay Johnson? Uh, he's edgy. Yeah, he's he's edgy. He is edgy. He's probably three. Darnell Mooney, I think, could take a big step in year two. I do too. Or sorry, year three. Um, I think he's edgy there too, three and four. I don't know where he'd fall for me. Uh, 
you got to talk about Mike Williams. He was off to such an electric start, very touchdown dependent, but he got paid. And I, I don't love wide receivers that got paid. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, they, they tend to take a little bit of a step back. They earn their bag. They don't have to put their body completely on the line. So, I mean, you want a guy who gets paid who's still on a team that's competitive. Because if they're still competitive, me, they, they still have to play. Williams falls into that tier four for me personally. I would be adding, uh, I, I hate to say it, I'd probably put Michael Pittman probably at the top of tier four. Really? I don't I don't think he's sliding up into that tier three guys. Like, I think these tier three guys, you're saying there is a chance. Like, it's a chance that they crush and they somehow get to be like top seven wide receivers this year. Uh, and maybe like the tiniest chance if everything goes perfectly, they could be the wide receiver one somehow. Or for other reasons, like uh, like a Keenan Allen and a Mike Williams, they're just consistently there and you can't fucking refute them. They're going to be wide receiver ones. Yeah, Those are my two, two ideas on that. I think, like you said, there's a world where Jalen Waddell outscores Tyree Kill this season. I, I think that Tier 3 are guys that I'd be happy if they made wide receiver 1, but they're probably a mid-tier wide receiver 2. Yep. And yeah, that's where I'm at. I kind of break that down because you got a guy like Darnell Mooney who, like you said, poised to possibly have a breakout, should see a lot of targets, opportunity. Um, if he ended up as a – I don't see him ending as the wide receiver 1 because a lot would have to go right for that team. And I just don't see that happening. But I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to where he could end up as wide receiver 12, right? There's a chance. There's there's a way in the world that could happen. But he's more than likely going to end up being probably like a mid to low wide receiver two, or mid to high wide receiver two, depending on how you, you know, maybe 12 or 13 to 17, somewhere in that so, range. Let's do this. I'll rip off a few names. Uh, we'll go. You just say threes or fours. We're putting them in tier three, tier four. And then by the end of it, let's pick two guys to round out our top ten rankings for wide receivers. All right. So we have our eight established. We said Mike Williams is a three. Keenan Allen is a three. Yep. Jalen Waddle. Oh, that, that's tough. Uh, I guess I, <laughs> I'm throwing I, you a tough cookie right away. I want to say three, but I, I'm leaning four. Okay. I'm going to say three, just for me. Uh, A.J. Brown. Three. I'm going to go three as well. Cortland Sutton. Three. I'm thinking three. Uh, D.J. Moore, I'd probably say three. Yep. Uh, Deontay Johnson's a three. Yep. D.K. Metcalf. He's a four. I I I think I agree with you. I just don't know about Geno Smith. You know, uh, we got to put him at four. Yep. Uh, did we do Amari Cooper? We have not done Cooper. Cooper is at he's easily in the four range for me. He might be five. With the Watson news, I agree. He's slipping and it's not trending the right way. No. Nope. Uh, T Higgins is a three. Easily. Pittman for me is a four. He's a three for me. Uh, Darnell Mooney. 
I, I throw him in the three because I think there's an outside chance that he plays really well this year. He's an edge for me. I'm going to say three and a half because I don't I, – I just don't. <laughs> don't feel comfortable either way with that one. <laughs> Mike Williams for me is like top end four. I think he's a three. Uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood. Fuck, man. this I'm saying a lot of threes, but – Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The two or three could be really big, you know. These guys are – like we're saying, they finished probably within 30 points from wide receiver 9 to wide receiver whatever it ends up being, 18. You Wide receiver depth is big. Fact. It is, and there's a, there's a lot of guys out there that you like in those mid-tier rounds. I don't know where Hollywood's going as far as ADP. I'm guessing like fifth round maybe, fourth or fifth round. That's um, a good guess. I'd say maybe five. Yeah, yeah, five is a good guess. So I guess I'd have to, I want to say three because I okay. think they're going to have to use him a lot early on. And I think if they get that connection at the beginning, that Hopkins coming back should help Brown as far as taking pressure off of him. And I, so I'm, I'm going to go three with Brown. I, I'm a good, I'm going to agree. I think the college connection will help. Uh, and he's not really showing a bunch Going back to something that could maybe be a little more consistent for Hollywood Brown. All right. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Four. That's a four for me. Yep. Let's rip through uh, Brand Cooks. He's a four. I'd agree with four. Chris Godwin with the ACL stuff. He's a four because of the ACL. If it wasn't for that, he'd probably be high end three, low end two. How about uh, second year Devonta Smith? I'm going to put him at four. Uh, Juju going over to uh, Kansas City. Certainly not a three. Not a three for me either. (laughs) Oh, poor Juju. Allen Robinson. I think he's four. He's not not a three for me either. He's not a three. Yep. Uh, Michael Thomas. Thomas is probably a four. I mean, he could creep into that three. I. He's, he he's could probably slip out of four as well, though. I, Things are coming to together for him. You know, it sounds like he's healthy. He's getting back to form. He's been running five-yard routes like a king. I, I mean, <laughs> there, there's a chance um, yeah. that he has a pretty damn good year. But they did get Chris Olave as well. I mean, yep. I'm going to stick with four. That's where I feel comfortable. I'm not taking him. I mean, maybe fifth round, maybe sixth round. If he's there in that range, I think I'd probably probably take a chance on him. But I'm not going any higher than that. I'm not taking him in the fourth. No, Thomas for me, it'd have to be later. I, I think that I think I might cut off my tier four a little quicker. Um, Christian Kirk is the last name on this sheet he's a, I'm looking at. I, I think he's past four personally. Yeah, it's, some of these guys might be more, might be closer four and to a half five to five for me. Um, yep. You know, without looking at the list and kind of having names in front of me, it, it's it's easy to place them in three and four. But okay, you know, let's round off three and four. Let's get to the top ten. Your number nine and number ten wideouts. Nine and ten. Um, I think Evans is Evans is ten. I'm going to throw Evans at 10. I don't know if I'm going to okay. lose you pulling up my my thing here, so bear with me. No, you're still here. 
Okay. Evans is 10. Oh, I just... I'm going to throw... Fuck, that's tough, man. Um, I'm going to throw Pittman at 9. Ooh, I like the spice, dude. Yep, I'm Damn, Pittman that's... at 9. Oh, all right. I'm going to do Keenan Allen at 10. I just I can't put him lower than that. He's fucking consistent as hell. Until he gets destroyed and doesn't do it, he's got to be in the top 10. And then I'm going to go stock and put Mike Evans at 9. Um, they're just two great players. I love everything about their games. Uh, hopefully it just continues for another year. And <laughs> that is going to do is it. hoping for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do it for this uh this car cast man that's all we got shit yeah we got uh going out to a wide receiver whatever the hell that is a tier breakdown at least into wide receiver two we probably had 24 names in that list and we, we are yeah we went into three and four but it, it's good to kind of categorize those guys because again you're going to have your favorites. You're going to get into that range where three of those tier three guys are going to be available for you to draft in round, you know, three, four, five. And you're going to be like, well, I have a favorite out of these guys, but you're probably going to be okay if you got any of them type deal. Like where exactly you're, you're drafting, let's say at the end of three, let's say like pick 10 in the third yep. round. So you got like five picks before you're back up again. Um, if you were to skip on one of those guys and any of those three fell to you in that, you know, that pick coming up, cause you are like, I, I really need to take a running back. I'm going to take Leonard Fournette here at three ten, And then I'm going to hope that, you know, Mike Williams, well, he should be later, but that some of these guys are there for you. You're going to be happy with them. Mm-hmm. No, I think, I think Mike Williams could be there in the early fourth. Keenan Allen could be there in the early fourth. You know, those two guys are there. 100%. The funny thing is when a lot of these major guys, you know, we'll say like the footballers and fantasy focus and CBS and all these guys that are talking about these players, they're like, I really like the value of so-and-so in the seventh round. Well, they start talking about them and all this offseason hype happens. Like Williams was a fifth round guy and he's just creeping up boards because he's getting all this hype throughout the offseason to where, Eventually, they get to a point where you're like, I don't know if I would take him in the middle <laughs> of the fourth because I like him. I liked him more at the end of the fifth, but yeah. I don't know if I like him in the middle of the fourth. So, a lot of offseason climbers. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, for me personally, my take on the preseason hype is you should not look too hard into positive hype. It's camp. Everyone gets hyped up. If your guy has got some negative news, if he has got some bad press on him in preseason, that is what you need to look out for because that is a little more serious and can lead to regular season faults in my eyes. Yeah. Take the positive with a grain of salt. Look at the negative and write it down and be like, okay, this was talked about. What, keep what keep noting that. For my season. Yep. But I think that's going to do it for us, man. I ain't got anything else. How about you? No, I ain't got shit, man. And I'm home and my food's getting cold. So, yeah, go eat that Chipotle, man. All right. And, uh, 
Go jerk off. Uh, bye. Bye.